Welcome to the Eagle and Child podcast, where we share the stories and thoughts of church history's heroes to inspire and equip the church of today. I'm your host, Leila Nahavandi. We hope you enjoy this episode. Well, hello and welcome to the Eagle and Child podcast. We're so glad that you've joined us today. I am super excited about my next guest. We are going to be looking at Augustine. Um, John Adams came down on me hard for saying Augustine, so I'm sure Josh is going to teach me how to properly properly <laughs> pronounce his name in this session. Um, but our special guest for today is Josh Bydell. Um, He is an absolute legend. He is the first guest that we have ever had to wear a tie and shirt to the podcast recording. So you know that this guy is legit. He is no joke. Um, So I'm super excited about what he has got to say. Josh is a genius. He has so many degrees. I think he's got a um, theology degree. He's got a history degree. He's got a master's in history. He's got a master's in uh, education. He is also an assistant principal at a classical school teaching history and I think political science or something like that. He'll correct me in a moment if I'm wrong. Uh, But Josh is absolutely incredible, a great mind, a great scholar and um, incredible teacher. And I'm so excited to have him talking about St. Augustine today. So thank you, Josh. Thank you for coming on. So good to see you. Thanks for having me on, Layla. Um, You speak too highly of me. I'm just a a nerd that loves the Lord and and like teaching and being in education. So um, yeah, I'm probably also the first person on your podcast that does not have, as far as we both know, social media. (laughs) Uh, is um, that true is that true before god josh (laughs) no i might have a burner instagram account somewhere to follow some people but um (laughs) no so i know when i was watching other podcasts with the other guests you can able you check out their their instagram profile and find out more but i don't i don't have any of that thankfully there's pros and cons but yeah so what can people do can people just mail via carrier pigeon sacramento and somehow <laughs> right josh by yeah. somehow it's, yeah. the message is going to get to you <laughs> and the holy spirit will guide the bird right to my house yeah. it's really incredible. absolutely absolutely yeah. so it's awesome thank you so much for coming yeah. on thanks for having me on um, we're, we're talking about saint augustine today yes. um do you want to tell us jump straight in just a little bit of a background on him who he is where he's come from how was he spiritually formed um yeah, yeah go for it yeah, so uh, I know if some of your guests have watched a previous podcast with Chris Palmer and John Adams. John did a really good um, overview of Augustine's life and delving yes, in. Yes, uh, that's bits right. And pieces. So I'll try to focus on certain things maybe he didn't touch on or elaborate more on ones he did. Yeah. Um, Augustine is just someone that out of all the a- people in the ancient world, he, his life, his words, his story, his writings, they, they still echo to us and they shout out to us across the millennia. So some people, some authors, their, their work gets dated, you know, um, Mm. in the world with the, with the, um, the countries that live in the regions, um, the eras of time and history, uh, the different epochs, you can get outdated, right? You read something and you kind of go, that has nothing to do with what I'm going through. (laughs) But Augustine does not, he's, he's, um, amazingly relevant every mm. every century people have oh, grappled yeah. augustine secular and saved um he's just he was very prescient with touching on things that mm. that affect the human soul and the human soul hasn't hasn't changed in 2000 years mm. so since he was writing so yeah augustine is just someone special and he he's so vivid he's so surreal he's very emotional he's very intelligent <laughs> he's very blunt when you read any of his writings he's very to the point Um, so yeah, he's just, he's a man that's very intriguing. And so, um, yeah, he covers so much lately. He was teacher, philosopher, uh, pastor or priest, however you want to say it. Um, he was a prodigal. Um, and yeah, he, he lived, he lived his life. He didn't just pontificate and talk about it. Um, he lived it in such a level that is just so encouraging. So, and we have lots of source on him. We have we have more writings on him than any writer in the ancient world. So Livy, Herodotus, Thucydides, um, mm-hmm. we have um, tons of his works. And so, yeah, he he he's very well documented. 
And so yeah. it's not like a guessing game with him. We know we can go straight to his source. There's so many secondary sources and primary sources of Augustine. He's just readily available at our fingertips to just delve into this phenomenal man and Christian. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love how you said he can speak to every century, every generation. I think Time yeah. Magazine even, even said that. I don't know. I'm, I'm pulling okay. this fact out of thin air, so it could be completely okay. Okay. rubbish. Okay. You can fact check me after. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. But I think they said, yeah, for the 16 centuries, in mm-hmm. every century, you can see um, that he has had a profound impact. He c- continues yeah. to speak to every generation. So yeah. I love that you highlighted that. Can you tell us, just for the people who haven't um, watched mm-hmm. the John Adams episode and they've just yeah. dived in, for those who haven't watched that, can you just give us like mm-hmm. a maybe one minute, like how we got saved, where he came from, mm-hmm. what happened, how he fell in love with Jesus, and, and like a little yeah. brief synopsis of his salvation story? Yeah. So his mom was highly, um, highly spiritual, very, very much a Christian woman, very diligent. And and uh, her husband, Augustine's dad was total pagan. So Augustine was kind of um, a a rascal kid growing up. And so, yeah, he really rebelled against the faith and he was, um, he was a very, how do I say this? Uh, That's kosher for your podcast. He, (laughs) he explored his sexual appetites very strongly. If I can say it that way. Was that very strongly? (laughs) Okay. Okay. So, um, yeah, he, he gave into that. And so he started to delve into the realm of, um, of education. And so mm-hmm. he had a patron when his dad died. Um, he had a patron that, that educated him and, and, and um, provided money for him to go to school. So he started teaching rhetoric and he decided to climb the rungs of society and find his worth and sense of value mm-hmm. through, through teaching and being a prominent man, in the Roman empire. He was on the outskirts of North Africa there in Thagaste. Um, which is kind of sort of near Carthage and Carthage is where he kind of like uh, got his education, a uh, big port city, very uh, big metropolis. And at this time, the Roman empire is kind of fading. Uh, the barbarians are making their way in they're making inroads. And so, um, mm. so the Roman empire is not that in its heyday, but he still wants to climb the rungs in Roman society. So he considered mm. himself a Roman, even though he lived in the provincial towns uh, of North Africa, he made his way to Rome and he eventually goes to, um, to Milan. And he, for the first time, Augustine, finds this like intellectual beast of a man for the Christian faith called Ambrose. And so Ambrose was the first person that he could really respect. Like, okay, out of all my training and Augustine did delve in spiritualism a little bit. He was a manichae. So it's a Mm -hmm. kind of a heretical Christian sect for about 10 (laughs) years. Augustine dabbled in that. I can get into the uh, manichaeism beliefs a little bit later. So Mm -hmm. he wasn't total, he wasn't total atheist. Um, Mm -hmm. He had a little bit of spirituality uh, woven into his life. And so he was a seeker. He was hungry. He yeah. wanted some truth. He was very dissatisfied. He was a very, um, he's a very sensitive young man. So um, he he wanted to appease that that sense of, um, um, what's the word I want to say? It was almost like a, a tornado of uneasiness in him. He mm. just had all these passions and lusts and desires for for happiness, for truth, for mm. um, for God, um, for for family, and and for his concubine he ended up having. And he didn't know where to really find that and, and quench that thirst, that, that search of his. So he eventually gets converted. Um, his mom was praying for him. His mom, Monica, is one of the most famous women in the, in the yeah, Christian. Yeah, she's awesome. He was praying for him. And mm-hmm. Augustine one time was, was talking trash about God uh, at her house. <laughs> he was like, oh, I'm not going to serve God. He's, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she kicked him out. Yes. So she was hard on him. And the famous story, <laughs> I know I'm going over a minute, like you said, but the famous no, that's story. that's fine. That's fine. Go ahead. Went to uh, the local priest and said, can you talk to my son? He's hard-headed. You need to talk to him about the faith. And he mm-hmm. goes, your son's not going to listen to me. He's not, no, he's, he's not ready to listen. And his mom started weeping. And the priest oh. said something on the lines of like, look, it, you're, trust me, your, your son will get saved. It's not possible. Wow. These tears can ever be wasted. Wow. Um, God hears your prayer. Kind of like Hannah and Samuel, right? When she was mm-hmm. crying and Eli said, hey, you know what? God heard your prayer. Even though Eli was wow. a pretty bad priest and Samuel was born. Yeah. Similar <laughs> like that with Augustine's salvation story. So Augustine gets saved by Ambrose, gets baptized. He wants to relive a monastic life. And so um, sadly, on the, on that note of his life story, Layla, mm. once he became saved, his mom literally, in his book Confessions, he says she literally jumped for joy. I mean, just jumping, Aww. embracing. <laughs> and, and God told her, your son will become saved in your lifetime before, wow. before you take your last breath. So she thought that was just a prophetic um, yeah. culmination coming through. So she yeah. dies. He makes his way back. Right. So this this story of Augustine of a wanderer and um, a pilgrim searching, right, going up the little the Italian peninsula, making his way up for, for achievement and fame. 
Um, he ends up going back to his little podunk town in Thagaste. Uh, and he wants to have a monastic lifestyle and live with his friends and just pursue philosophy and things like that. And this is not uncommon in the ancient, in the ancient time. Cicero did this. Mm-hmm. Um, other people, they felt it was the, it was the, the highlight of a man's life to just retire to an agricultural life and just and pursue knowledge and philosophical truth. Whereas Augustine was going to do this in a Christian format. Well, he he took careful pains not to go to visiting towns that didn't have a priest or bishop. Because the people, if they didn't, if they lacked one and they liked someone, yeah, <laughs> you know, the priest, they would literally lay hands on that person, drag them to the bishop or the current <laughs> priest and say, we want to ordain this person. So Augustine says this in the confessions. He's like, I was so careful when I was visiting other towns, when I was on vacation, not to go to a parish yeah. <laughs> or a mass service that had, that had a, that had no, had, had an opening for a priest. If they did, he was like, nope, not going there. not going to risk it. So in God's providence, he went to a place that didn't have one. They grabbed him. He's weeping. So at that point, he was around like 35, uh, 37. And he became a priest a couple years later, became a bishop. And so bishops back then weren't very learned men, but Augustine was trained in the classics and rhetoric yeah. and um, super and intelligent. All kinds hey. of st- so he, he knew his, he yeah. knew his, um, his secular education was down mm. and immediately um, there's just these, these heresies that are confronting him. And he, mm. what, he wasn't a combative man by nature, but he felt like in the defense of the church, he had to fight these heresies. Mm-hmm. So that's more than a minute, um, but that's that's kind of his life story. He didn't ever want to be a priest, didn't want to be a Christian, and didn't want to live back in Africa where his hometown was. But God has a funny way of, of doing things we don't really want to do, and his providence kind of reigns, doesn't it? So, Ended up yeah. doing all three. That's awesome. Yeah, that yeah. So, yeah. yeah, you've given us a great foundation to sort of jump into some of the big events, some of the big ideas, big works that he sort of contributed yeah. to church history. Can you, can you give us a sort of, you know, an idea of what those works were and why they were important? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll do this in a couple ways. I'll talk about some of the heresies that he confronted. Um, mm. Whenever heresies crop up in church and usually they start in house, they don't really start out house. They crop up mm-hmm. uh, with the saints. It gives an opportunity for the church at large, capital C church to kind of clarify their doctrine. Where do yeah. we stand on this? Uh, really? What does the scripture say about this? Mm-hmm. What does Paul say about this? What does early church fathers say about this? Um, mm-hmm. So I'll do the books first and then I'll kind of delve into some of the um, the yeah. uh, heretical movements he confronted. And a lot Sounds of those great. intertwined with uh, Layla. So a lot of those, he was confronting the heresies in some of his books. And then some of his and books didn't confront any heresies at all. They just geeked out. And do you have some of those books with you, Josh? <laughs> it's funny Can you, you mention that. Us? <laughs> I feel your word of knowledge gift is functioning very yeah. well. Um this is uh, the first book I'll delve into of his, um, and I'm a teacher at heart, so I have to have yeah. a prop and stuff like that, is Confessions. Beautiful. Uh, Confessions is what he's probably known for the most, um, mm-hmm. and it's really the world's first autobiography, definitely a spiritual autobiography. So when Augustine became a bishop in Hippo, which is a little bit north of Thagaste, um, it's on the coast there of North Africa, People, they questioned him. They said, is he really saved? This guy was a manichae mm-hmm. for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was sexually promiscuous. Mm-hmm. Um, his, his family heritage, his lineage wasn't very Christian. His mom was, you know, a devout believer, but his dad wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, is this guy legit? So he kind of wrote this to defend himself coming to the faith. Mm-hmm. And it's it's saturated with scripture. Uh, so and there's no beautiful. concordances back then. Mm-hmm. There's no Googling, right? There's no BibleGateway.com. Mm-hmm. So he really just, he knew the word yeah. and he just talks about a spiritual journey. And so it's highly honest. Mm. He talks about himself in very unflattering ways, but it's mm. his spiritual journey of looking and sensing for something greater than himself mm. and how God appeases all those desires, right? All, yeah. all those longings deep in Augustine's soul. Mm. Um, and his language is so, so vivid when you read it. In fact, let me, let me read you a portion of yeah, confession. When you, when you hear him talking, it's not, um, how do I say this? Um, it's very transparent. It's very transparent. <laughs> and when he yeah. writes, you just, it's, it's oozing with, um, emotives. Yeah, um, and beautiful. it's just dripping with feeling and you're just like, oh my goodness. So well, that's what I mean. Confessions are where we get that famous quote, right? Um, mm-hmm. you've made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless our until they find their rest in you. Yes, yeah. I know. He starts off, I think the first paragraph starts about that. Yeah. Mm. Um, so here's an excerpt here where Augustine gets a chance to speak here. He says, um, he says, what am I to you? Right. And he, often, he talks to God directly. Mm. So uh, this is a lot of this is prose. A lot of it mm. uh, switches and shifts to poetic. 
Uh, and a lot of it is just like an ongoing prayer conversation with God. It's like yeah. he's having a conversation dialogue with, with the Lord, but he forgets there's an audience. So he's praying mm. directly, reminiscing about his life. And it's, oh yeah, by the way, reader, here's all what else what I did. And it's, it's really, yeah, it's like you get a beautiful, you get an eavesdrop on his prayer life, um, so which is really profound. Um, yeah. But here's, here's one of his lines here. He says, what am I, he's talking to the Lord. What am I to you that you order me to love you? And unless I do it, unless I love you, you're angry with me and threaten immense miseries. The house of my soul is narrow. May you, O oh Lord, may you enlarge it. It is in ruins. Remake it. It has things that offend your eyes. I confess and I know. But who will cleanse it? Or to whom besides you shall I cry from my hidden faults? Cleanse me, O oh Lord. This other line of his, I, I love, it says, come, Lord, stir us up, call us back, kindle us, seize us, be our fire, be our mm. sweetness, let us love, let us run. Beautiful. Um, very animated. And so, um, yeah, and here it's it's all, not just a biography of his life, but also of the times where he was in. And yeah. so he, he talks to some of those heresies. So if there's one book. You ever read with Augustine, whether it's a secondary source writing about Augustine or a primary source where Augustine's writing for all you podcast listeners, please read the confessions. I didn't read it till mm-hmm. I was in my mid thirties mm-hmm. and I was just kicking myself for not diving into it earlier. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, you haven't lived until you've read Augustine's no, confession. You don't even think you're a Christian when you read it. You're like, oh my <laughs> gosh, I, I, I feel like I'm just like a noob Christian compared to Augustine. In the second <laughs> world, it's on the highest rated list for literature. Wow. Um, Christian world, it's always top, top five, most influential books of all time. So for <laughs> in the Christian faith. So that's that. He also um, is famous for writing the city of God. So the city Beautiful. of God, it's a mammoth book. I've read it cover <laughs> to cover at least a dozen times. Yeah. Every know. day I read it daily, cover to cover. You know, <laughs> it's part of my Devo time. At the yeah. scripture, I read that. No, um, it's, it's often talked about seldom read. I have not mm, um, yeah, totally. read all of it. I've read snippets yeah. and portions, but what happened, so as the Roman Empire was was in its throes of decline, mm-hmm. people started blaming Christianity because Christianity became, mm-hmm. um, it was illegal and those persecuted and then it became uh, legal and then it became the official faith of the Roman Empire. So as these barbarians and hordes are coming in and the Visigoths and the Vandals are coming in and these German tribes are ransacking Rome and it's overtaxing and it had too many, mm. uh, too much debt. A lot of reasons why Rome fell, but a lot of people place the blame at the Christians and say, look, Crazy. once Romans became Christian, we became weak and pacifistic yeah. and turned the other cheek and they became soft. That's why we stopped honoring the Roman gods that Caesar mm. and Augustus and mm-hmm. Cicero and the great Romans of old, we, we turned from those pagan gods and turned to this Christian God. That's why we're, we're being crushed. Yeah. And Augustine's mm-hmm. like, no, 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 no. <laughs> You don't understand human history. So he he really lays out um, like a powerful, incisive professor. He lays out there's a city of man mm-hmm. in the world and there's a city of God. And the city of man he calls Babylon. And the city of God is just the label of the moniker of city of God. And the city of man has man's interest at heart. It has its own glory, its own wisdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's pagan. The city of God is is uh, is sacred and holy, and it cares about God's glory and it has ultimate justice. And these two cities, they do yeah. intertwine when they exchange goods and they interact. But if you're a Christian, your true city is the city of God. Yeah. Beautiful. And you happen to be a citizen of the city of Babylon, but that's not your true home. That's not your true mm. destination. So this parlay is great into the West today because yeah. obviously you're Australian, I'm American. So we, we consider ourselves uh, the, the Western lineage. And so today... Um, a lot of Americans, at least speaking for my countrymen, they've kind of, they switched their allegiance from, from the city of God to the city of man. Like I'm an American first, right? And I, I, I yeah. love my job and I love my, my white picket fence, my two cars and my salary. Oh, and by the way, on the side, I happen to be a Christian, go to church yeah. on Sunday. I love President Trump. <laughs> you know, a lot of, a lot of Americans are Christian. Trump. Yeah. They, are, they are Trumpers. They are for sure. Some are, but a lot are, I know. And they, they mix those two. And mm. so Augustine speaks today, but that's a very profound book talking about who's mm. your allegiance really to. And he goes through human history and shows where mm. people and countries have missed the boat um, and right. giving their allegiance to the Babylonian city as opposed to the city of God. That's that. Mm. Also, Augustine wrote so many books. Um, mm. I want to say is 113 books. Wow. Um, so many. <laughs> a famous one here is on the Trinity. Yeah. Um and there's the Athanasian Creed, which is very famous. And I know mm-hmm. you're getting your PhD. And um, don't tell me, you told me earlier, Layla, 
Pentecostal historic. Uh oh, I'm getting in trouble here. Pentecostal history of the early church. I'm not going to help you at all. <laughs> that's okay. I remember the 20 million degrees you have, but you can't remember oh, no. the one. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, Historical well, theology. I know it's really difficult. I was, that, I, that was rolling off my tongue. I was going to say that two seconds later. No, no when you fine, told me fine. that originally, when we were chatting before yeah. the podcast, uh, the internet yeah. went out. The Wi-Fi was spotty, so I couldn't hear what yeah, you said. Exactly. No, exactly. No, it's my fault. No, that's um, fine. That's an Athanasius, Athanasius I know about. Is that yeah, the point? That's the point of that little diverse yeah. rabbit trail. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm trying to reel it back in, but I'm not doing a good job of the rabbit trail there. But um, the Athanasian Creed, some of the verbiage and vernacular mm. copies Augustine's treatise on the Trinity. So he really mm. delves into like the Father is not the Son, the Son is not the Holy Spirit. Yet, and they're all good, they're all equal, but they're all eternal, and they have distinct offices, but they're one God. Mm. Um, so. He just, he just ruminates and mm. delves into the Trinity. Yeah. It's a real heady book. It's real dense, but ever since, I mean, and, and Paul talked about the Trinity a little bit and obviously Tertullian did. And I think Tertullian wasn't that labeled the, the moniker, the phrase, mm, the yeah. Trinity, because the Trinity is yeah. in the Bible, but Augustine really sets the stage for This is what mm. the study of the Trinity is. It's a pursuit of God. Mm. Um, and, and that's the best pursuit you could ever partake in. And ever since Augustine wrote this book, you can't talk about the Trinity or reference it or even talk like, or go in deep into it until you really deal with what, what Augustine said. So that's wow. one of the famous books Not as famous that. as Confessions and City God. This is one, uh, this is um, on Christian teaching. That's a Latin phrase. Wow. This translation. I haven't read this. Christianity, but he really gets in the nitty gritty. Hey, how do you read scripture? What's your human, wow. hermeneutical phrase, uh, hermeneutical mm. lens? I'm sorry. What's your hermeneutical framework? Um, how do you interpret symbols and signs? Um, who do you study uh, in the secular world to be a really good uh, Bible teacher? And what is the purpose of studying the Bible? How do you teach certain things in the Bible? How do you teach the old covenant versus the new covenant? He really delves into that. It's really a, um, wow. kind of a, um, a, 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 a help book on how to be a better Christian teacher and pastor. Wow, so that's, that's a good cool. one too. Yeah, I'm going to check that out. Yeah, this is uh, also, this isn't obviously what he uh, wrote as a standalone book, but there's so much out there, Augustine. You can Google and get some PDF docs that are for free. This is just a culmination uh, of his best sermons. They kind of pluck um, this printing house. I think it's called New City Press. They picked and plucked the best sermons of his. I want to say he has like over 500 sermons we have. Wow. Uh, and you hear Augustine talking to his parishioners. Uh, <laughs> the way he, way he communicated, How was he, was he really in-depth in scripture? Was he just kind of talking mm. about anecdotes and stories? Was he talking about humorous episodes? Um, so it's interesting to compare his preaching back then to preaching today. Yeah, um, well, how it holds up. So that's great for Augustine too. But so, so yeah, he was a prolific writer, and anything you read of his is just going to be going to be spectacular. So, yeah, and I, if I can turn this podcast on you a little bit, Layla, um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> if you delved a little bit into into Augustine or Confessions or anything City God or, or just some of his yeah. quotes, what what interests you? What attracts you? Or what what are you most intrigued about by Augustine himself? Yeah, I love that he is obviously so intelligent, a brilliant mind, like had even before he was a Christian, had influence in the government and was secularly very intelligent. People loved right. him, they admired him. But what I love most about him is that at the apex of, of his intelligence mm-hmm. is, is superseded by his um by the fact that he's just engulfed by the holy fire of God. Like it's just like the presence of God and the pursuit of God and the character of God is like Mm -hmm. that eternal flame in his heart that he's like consistently pursuing and, and trying to get at. And it's almost like everything else is secondary to that, but everything else is so brilliant as well that it just makes that pursuit even more special and beautiful and incredible, you know? Um, So I love that. And especially being someone who is into the academic side of things and, you know, books and thoughts and ideas and philosophy and stuff. I think it's just so inspiring to say, okay, at the end of the day, what's more important is pursuing the heart of God and knowing the presence of God. And and that's what I love most about him. Yeah. No, you said it. He said it well. Yeah, he, a lot of the famous pictures and paintings of Augustine or statues, mm. they show him like with, sometimes his heart is like outside of his body. I'm not sure how that works, but <laughs> yes. they have it and like, it's literally, <laughs> yeah, the, they have it, like you said, it was, it was engulfed in flames. Mm. And so he, he had such fervency. He wasn't mm. just a, um, a detached egghead riding in an mm. ivory tower. Mm-hmm. 
He was yes. very much in the trenches with his with his parishioners. Mm. He laments often in his writings. He's like, I just want to go retire to a room and just study and geek out on, on <laughs> doctors. Yes. But he's he's involved in the day to day. Can you relate, uh, Josh? What's that? Can you relate? I yeah. You know what? <laughs> That's your dream. Yes. That's my dream. And also too. That reiterates what C.S. Lewis said, too. He says, when I became a Christian, I wanted to just retire to my room and just read, read the Bible. But I had to intermix and, and interact with, with some of these parishioners. And he's like, I just I don't want to do that. But he realizes that's what makes <laughs> it sanctifies. So Augustine, same way. Yeah. So, yeah, he, he was very passionate. And most people that are intellectual aren't passionate. And mm, most people that are passionate totally. are not intellectual. They really cater mm. to their feelings, and their emotions. So Augustine bridged mm. that so well. I love that. So. Yeah. What about you? What's your favorite thing about Augustine? Oh, wow. Um, you've probably touched on it um, a little bit, and I, I probably referenced it a little bit with the confessions. Um, I would say Augustine's, his story is so peculiar. Mm, totally. It's so peculiar, but it's also so um, familiar. So actually, this is another um, a segue to show you another book that is oh. <laughs> the secondary book we'll, we'll bring in here, secondary source. This is a yeah. book called... Um, on the Road with St. Augustine. Uh, oh. It's written by uh, Jamie Smith. Um, it's called A Real World Spirituality for Restless Hearts. Cool. So what, what gets me with Augustine, I'm a very, if you can't tell, I'm a very emotional person. And so <laughs> um, when, I, when, I, when I delve into Augustine, I sense that it's almost like reading the Davidic Psalm. You know, David's this mm, beautiful giant of the faith. Yeah. And you read some of the Psalms and like some of the, some of the nasty ones where he's like, Lord, mm. I, I wish my enemies, their kids' heads would get bashed against a rock. <laughs> cut their name off. You're like, David, <laughs> take it easy. Yeah, um, and calm down. Come, yeah. Get the guy some therapy, right? Yeah. yeah. He, the next Psalm is like, he's gushing towards the mm. Lord and it's yeah. so heartfelt. And just that dichotomy of like, here's the, and then he's, then he's slaughtering people. And then, and then you know, mm. and then the next, you know, one he's, he's dancing in his ephod around the Ark of the Covenant. It's just, <laughs> yeah. it's hard to pin men like David down. Augustine's mm. like that. It's hard to yeah. pin him down. Yeah. That's um, right. So yeah, his, his life story and his journey was kind of similar to my own in some ways too, which is why he mm. speaks to a lot of, a lot of postmodern people today, 21st century. We have a Christian. Mm. Well, how do I say this? A Christian foundation that has lots of cracks in it, right? We celebrate mm. Christmas, Easter. Um, mm -hmm. People have a general sense of what church is and some of the Christian theology they're aware of, um, but they've strayed from that. And they, there's other idols that are alluring to them. Augustine, that's his story as well. And he came back to his original faith and became more fervent and became more devoted. That's my story too. And I, we were Very talking about that cool. before the podcast. I kind of was a prodigal for fears and came mm -hmm. back to my faith. So when I see Augustine, He's um, one of the authors calls it a cartographer of the heart mm. and cartographers are map makers, right? Mm. So Augustine, he can plumb the depths of your heart Wow! or it feels like he can because he did that himself. He's explored yeah. those achings and the abysses that, that yearn for, for, um, mm. for warmth and for peace and for support and for grace. Beautiful. And it's like, when I'm reading Augustine, it's like, you're communicating how I feel. And even when he became a Christian, Layla, he still felt that it wasn't like mm. no offense to Joe Osteen. It wasn't like your best life now. Mm. Augustine still wrestled with doubt mm. and he still wrestled with depression. Wow. And he says that once he became sick, I think it was like his 20th year as a bishop. He has a line in one of his, um, his sermons. He says, I am a burden to myself. So <laughs> he never had the mentality that he arrived. Like I'm, yeah. I'm a Christian. I'm a bishop. I never struggle with doubt. I always have a great prayer life. Yeah. My, my preaching is incredible. He was like, no, I'm, I'm struggling still and I'm still learning mm. how to be a better believer and getting sanctified. Yeah. So that's what appeals me is his, um, his realness, mm. his vulnerability. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, so Josh, I don't know if you want to share any more on, um, his ideas and stuff. I, I think mm -hmm. you were saying you wanted to talk about the heresies and different things like that. Ah, um, yeah. if you want to, you can jump into that now. Um, yeah. 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 I'll do a little bit of that. So, um, I'll do some of the ideas. So Augustine, um, some of his teachings and his um, his books and writings mm -hmm. on original sin, on predestination, mm -hmm. on infant baptism, on free will, um, on just doctrine in general and the history of humanity. Um, I can't I, I can't do justice now. Um, mm -hmm. Augustine really should speak for himself, but his writings and his his insight, mm -hmm. they were original. So some people like, for, for instance, I'm a historian. Um, I, I don't think I have any original insight onto things of human nature or human history. 
I read some other historians, I read some other theologians mm -hmm. and I go, oh, that's really good. And I will repackage that in a sermon or in a teaching. Mm -hmm. Augustine didn't suffer from that. He was a true original. He was like an Aquinas mm -hmm. or a Shakespeare. Um, yeah, he was right. like a Dickens. He was like a um, like an origin. He, he just had mm -hmm. so much original perception inside that the Holy Spirit gave him. So yes. on some of those yeah. doctrines and things, he really plowed mm -hmm. and paved the way for other theologians and Christians like us thousands of years mm -hmm. later. That kind of like once the, the seedling got planted and it sprung and there's fruit, you and I and mm. society at large, even the secular society, we pluck the fruit and eat of that and partake of that. Mm. That was due to, to men and women of the faith, but particularly people like Augustine yeah, who really wow. dug those trenches of like, like yeah. what is free will? Why do we have this original sin? How does original yeah. sin get transmitted, right? Mm -hmm. um, and what what is infant baptism? Augustine actually believed, um, kind of an interesting fact, he believed if, you're, if a baby didn't get baptized, if the infant baptism didn't take place, the infant never made it to heaven. So wow. that might seem kind of weird and abrupt to us, but mm -hmm. Augustine plumbed that depth. He gave, like, mm -hmm. there's no TV. Um, there was entertainment in the sense of like, there, there was, uh, there was Coliseum gladiatorial fights and things. And yeah. Augustine chastising some of his friends for going to those, but wow. he didn't suffer from the, um, the litany of distractions that you and mm -hmm. I have today in this world. Mm -hmm. So he really gave himself to, to, so focusing. you're saying he didn't have an iPhone. <laughs> He didn't have an iPhone. He didn't have social media. You know, just like he you. didn't have notifications <laughs> on his phone every you yeah. know two seconds. Um, yeah, Did he have he, a burner account on Instagram. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think he would have because <laughs> segue. Yeah, uh, the Holy Spirit gave me the segue because he found <laughs> out about some of these heretics oh. and what they were doing. And yeah. for that sense, he had to kind of have his ear to the street. Like, wait a minute. Yeah. Who is this? What are they saying about the Christian faith? What are they proposing? So he kind of had to have his mind out in that realm. And he, he did exchange lots of letters with friends all over the Roman Empire. So he was kept mm -hmm. abreast of certain news. But so one of the first ones that, that hit him was he was dealing with the Manichaeism mm -hmm. uh, religion, which was similar to the um, to the Latter-day Saints religion now, which has um, wow. there's some attachments to the Orthodox Christian faith. But there's mm -hmm. some that's um, totally devoid of any historical Christian thought and doctrine. So he was a Manichae. And so Manichaeism is based on a man named Manny. He's from the, um, from the Persian realm. And he, he felt like he got a, a, he had a, a divine visit from an angel that gave him this doctrine. And he kind of, it kind of incorporated Christianity, Buddhism, and Zoroastrianism. And he kind of had these interesting thoughts like, um, your body is evil. And there's this dualistic cosmic battle between light and darkness uh, and Jesus was not divine and the old Testament was, was wrong. So it had some quirky yeah. heretical thoughts. So Augustine and knew Jesus well, wasn't had a spawn or something. Didn't he, didn't they yeah. It, it had, well, had that too. And, and similar to the Mormon faith, um, <laughs> they do believe there was like these um, ancient battles pre um, humanity, these ancient cosmic battles with, with, like, with Jesus mm -hmm. and the angels and the demons. And they had these battles before human humans even got to the earth. So th that's kind of similar to, to the Latter-day Saint, faith mm. but yeah it's just and then if you eat certain fruits like man manny was really big on cucumbers and melons he felt like those were divine <laughs> so you, you, they divine. were vegetarians so just quirky things but but augustine <laughs> lived it and it had a pseudo intellectualism so augustine yeah. knew that well so when he became a christian he knew it he knew all the ins and outs he fought it mm. like hardcore mm -hmm. so he kind of helped wipe mannequinism off the map and really um mm. it's not even poking yeah. its head up to this day yeah. another one that does poke its head up is Pelagianism. And I know John touched mm. on this a little bit on one of your previous podcasts, but Pelagius was a British monk. And basically he denied the, the grace of God. He, he, he believed that um, there's really no such thing as original sin, that mm. humans can achieve perfection and salvation on their own actions, their own yeah. merits. Wow. So Augustine was kind of like, oh, that's interesting because Augustine did admire Pelagius, like, like most heretics, Layla, they're not a hundred percent heretical. They have lumps mm. of truth mixed in with lumps of heresy. So that's yeah. why it's important for men like Augustine to, to have a right division and say, wait, this is good stuff. This is not. Yeah, so, that's so great. Pelagius had sermons that Augustine actually admired. Uh, they never met. Um, Pelagius did visit Hippo actually, and Augustine and him were supposed to meet up. Um, wow. I believe this was post heresy. So this is like when uh, Pelagius was already like on his way, on, on the way out to be uh, outlawed as a, uh, as a heretical faith. Um, mm. But him and Augustine were supposed to meet and history doesn't allow us to, to have that um, interaction because they never met up. But um, Augustine fought that tooth and nail and says it, it cannot be man's power. If 
if it was man's power, we don't have the arrival of Christ. It, mm. If Pelagianism is true, the work and the meritorious accomplishments of Jesus um, are diminished. Wow. So um, if, if the righteousness of Christ is not needed for you and me and mm. humans can achieve it, then why did God send his son to be mm. crucified? So Augustine really got into that doctrine mm. of the original sin because Pelagius was saying, oh, there's no such thing as original sin. Augustine's like, are you kidding me? This yeah. is similar today, Layla, with like people saying, you know, some of the movements with, with gender, right? You can be gender yes. fluid and you can be yeah. all kinds of different genders, uh, switcher gender, non-binary. Mm. People like you and me living in today didn't think we'd have to defend. No, there's just male and female. And yes. it, it was taken as common sense. Totally. But when it's attacked, all of a sudden you're like, I guess I'm going to have to defend that. So Augustine, same way. He now was I'm like, going to have to tell you question. why I am a woman. <laughs> yeah. Things that, yeah, things that. Like yeah. you being a woman, we take for granted. Yeah. Now you have to defend it. So Augustine took mm. original sin for granted. And when Pelagius yeah. attacked it, he goes, yeah. well, now I'm going to have to muster up a defense and use Bible yeah. and use doctrine. So that was a big one, Pelagianism. Um, and that kind of rears its head today. Mm. Because today there's the self-help section of most bookstores and on Amazon. Mm. It's thriving. So improving yeah. yourself. You're your own best person, mm. uh, your yeah. best version of yourself. You can yes. achieve it. You can do it. You know, mm. become a vegan eat organic and mm. meditate and achieve mm. your dreams. That's Pelagianism, trying to wow. attain peace and your righteousness without the work of Christ, yeah. without, without the gospel becoming real in your life. So mm. Pelagianism, that's of a heresy that never goes away. Yeah, it never goes wow. away. Um, wow. And the last one he really dealt with was uh, Donatism. So as the Christians were um, uh, not the, um, the kosher and approved faith of the Roman empire, mm. they got persecuted. So some of the Roman, um, um, ministers and some of the, uh, I guess the army local sheriffs of, of the, of the, um, of the Roman empire, they would persecute arrest and they would like sometimes execute Christians. So some of these Christians and priests, they would forsake their parish. They would forsake their Bible. And they would, they would like either dip out altogether <laughs> or they gave the Bible over to the administrators of the Roman empire. So later when Christianity Crazy. became kosher, some of these Christians looked down on some of these <laughs> Christians that like, um, that, that didn't do too well when they were persecuted. They caved in. Yeah. They said, okay, now your sacraments, your baptism for me is tainted because mm. you, you didn't muster up enough faith to stand firm mm. in, in, in the midst of persecution. So they started their own church. The Donatists were like, hey, we have pure priests. We have pure sacraments, right? Mm -hmm. These are the ones that caved in. That's not the real church. Mm -hmm. They split the church. So Augustine had to deal with that. And Augustine basically said, hey, it's not the, the, the person administering the sacraments mm. that needs to be pure and holy and, 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 uh, and righteous. It's the, it's the sacraments themselves. The ordinances themselves carry the divine grace and power of the Lord. Wow. So Augustine had to kind of filter that through and talk about that. He actually stood in lots of olive branches to the Donatists and say, Hey, look, come join the Catholic church. But at some point, Augustine was mad. Back, they, we have cake. <laughs> yeah. And coffee. Let's have a barbecue. Let's yeah, yeah, sing. Yeah. Let's sing Kumbaya and hold hands yeah. together. And just, yeah, he, um, he was pretty, <laughs> Um, what's the word I want to say? Pretty open to them coming back. And he wasn't as punitive mm. as he, as he could have been later. He was when the yeah. Donatists still didn't come back to the faith. He, he said, now it's time to, to really force their hand. So, mm. so those are the, the three main her uh, heresies he was dealing with, um, was a Donatist heretical movement, um, the Pelagian movement and the Manichae movement. And, and mm. as we talked about earlier, those three heresies have roots in the Christian church. Crazy. So that's where you have to be very careful because if you if you take a scalpel and you carve off too much, mm. some of the heretical lump is in the Christian Orthodox lump. And if you wow. cut it the other way, all of a sudden you're, you're carving out things that sometimes those heretical faiths, there's good things about their heresies at large, their, their main yeah. doctrine. There's yeah, some things that may be appealing to Christians. So you don't want to cut that off either. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, Augustine was, was famous for, and you know what, Layla, he didn't want to deal with that. He wanted to just <laughs> preach and pastor his flock. He talks about that. He goes, I don't want to deal with these heresies. I don't want to deal yeah. with these people. He's like, I got to fight. <laughs> yeah. He, he wants to, he doesn't want to write these treatises, but um, yeah. obviously looking back, God's, God's providence yeah. say, Hey, look, son, I need you at this time era to fight these heresies because yeah. you have the brain and I given you the sense to yeah. discern the heresy from Orthodox. You need to fight that battle, son. The battle yeah. came to Augustine. He didn't ask for it, but he picked up a sword and he fought it. He complained, but he fought it really well. <laughs> Kicking yeah. and screaming, but he did it. Yeah. And we're yeah. thankful that he did. <laughs> yeah. So thankful. Yeah.
No, that's awesome, Josh. All right. So do you want to tell us maybe a little bit about, I know you've touched on different things that have come up today, um, but do you want to tell us a little bit about why we as Christians need to know Mm -hmm. Augustine? Why do we need to know his ideas? How did he influence Christian history Mm -hmm. for like all throughout the centuries, as we talked about before? Like, why is he important to know today? Yeah. So good question, Leila. So he, um, if we look at our church history, actually, let's let's zoom bigger. Let's get a bigger mm-hmm. um, encompassment. If we look at his human history in general, certain voices speak louder than others, right? Karl mm-hmm. Marx is a very loud voice in the last 200 years in human yeah, history, well. right? Mm-hmm. Um, Aquinas is a loud voice. Plato is a very mm-hmm. loud voice. Mm-hmm. Um, so in, in human history, certain works and people and their ideas they promulgated, they've mm-hmm. stood the test of time. Yeah. So that's true in human history, but let's, let's zoom in on Christian history. There are certain men and women of the faith. Um, their voice carries a lot of weight, right? Mm. So even just biblically, like there's a reason why Moses and David and Abraham and Paul mm. and Peter, and obviously Jesus, our savior, um, they have a very prominent role and you can't really delve into the Bible and, and doctrine without dealing with some of these stories and these people. Augustine yeah. is like that. If, if the church is a, is, um, is a structure there's lots of metaphors to the church, right? Let's just say the church is like um, a large structure and there's certain pillar. Obviously Jesus is the foundation mm-hmm. and pillar of our faith, but yeah. certain men and women throughout history, he's given them the task to do great works for the church. Augustine is someone whose voice and his personhood, his doctrine, his theology, um, his philosophy. He, mm-hmm. he is a loud and deserved voice in our faith, yeah. right? So if we sit wow. down at the table of Christian faith and history, <laughs> And you're having conversations like, ooh, I want to talk to Calvin. I want to talk to Luther, right? Right? I want to talk to Athanasius. I want to talk to Billy Graham. I want to talk to Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones. You and I talked about him (laughs) earlier, right? Um, I want to talk to George Whitfield, right? I want to talk to, you know, Cyprian. Augustine's someone at the table you want to talk to. He's so profound, so deep. Mm. So he doesn't just cover doctrine. He Mm. covers his his own shortcomings and and, and, um, his, his problems, and he mm-hmm. deals with it in a way that's very pastoral. So most people mm-hmm. that delve into doctrine are very pastoral. Augustine yeah. has a very pastoral heart. So today, so good. anyone wants to think, why is our Christian faith um, the dominant faith of the world today? They mm-hmm. have to go back to Augustine. If wow. they want to go back to things like, do I have free will or am I predestined to go to heaven or how, how does that work? Uh, guess what? Augustine covered that. Wow. If awesome. you're in your heart thinking like, I just, even though I'm a Christian, why do I still lack peace? I still lack joy. I feel mm-hmm. like I'm longing for something more. Augustine covered that, right? If you feel like your mom and your dad are just like um, helicopter parenting you and they're just in your ear nagging you to be a better Christian and go to church, (laughs) guess what? Augustine dealt with that too. And he talks about that. If you're a prodigal, you left the faith and you look for other green pastures that Mm -hmm. ended up not satisfying you and quenching your soul. And you're you're considering the Christian faith. Guess what? Augustine did that. If you went to some new age type of faith, and mm. you're looking at some new guru who has a certain diet to do and a certain scriptures to read and a lifestyle to live. Guess what? Augustine did that. So yeah. Augustine, his life is like, um, I'm going to use Been a reference. There, like, that. Got the t-shirt. You remember the, you remember, yeah. Do you remember the yeah. movie, Layla, Forrest Gump? Yeah, of course. No, so <laughs> I don't this? know if they released that down in Australia. Yeah, 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 exactly. Do we have yeah. Amazon in Australia? You know, some people think they don't, but I'm not going to mention <laughs> Would it. Would you it be one of those people? Yeah, it runs a job. Do you have no, McDonald's? So, yeah. So he he like um Augustine oh, I lost my train of thought. I thought about McDonald's. Sorry, sorry, you were saying let me get it. Um Augustine <laughs> I was thinking too much about the joke. <laughs> about Big Macs and McDonald's. Um no, he he's done it all. He oh Forrest Gump. Yeah, he's been there, done that, that, got the t shirt. Okay. <laughs> no, Forrest Gump and obviously a fictitious account. But yeah. remember he meets the pre- he meets a couple presidents. Yeah. Uh, he's in Vietnam and he, it's like, man, that guy had lots of like interactions with famous people. <laughs> yeah. Augustine, Augustine's life is like that. Was he's that guy done so much seen it all mm. and he catalogs it and writes about it. Mm. And he's, and he's a pastor, right? And he mm. was a, a, a pagan and he was a, um, mm. and he was a, a, a prodigal. Um, and he was a priest and, and he was a philosopher and he was hungry and he was passionate and he had a heart burning zeal for God. He just checks off so many boxes. If someone today looks back and they want to go into doctrine, Augustine's got that. They want to go into the spiritual mm-hmm. wondering. Augustine covers so much. If there was a table of contents on his life, um, mm-hmm. there's something in the table of contents for every person, saved, unsaved, to go, 
I'm interested in that chapter. Let me read that. Augustine does that for them. So that's why it's important. You can't have any major discussions on, on major Christian doctrine without contemplating and considering Augustine. Um, so that's why he's so powerful. And, prominent. and you know, he, he covers all this. He spans all the three major branches of the faith. Layla. Orthodox people love and enjoy him. Catholics mm. love and enjoy him. Protestants do. He's just, he has a very big tent that he pitched yeah. that lots of people find shelter under his doctrine in his life. And so that's why he's important. Guaranteed, no matter where you are, where you're at in life, uh, how old you are, what ethnic background you are, what, what country you live in, mm. I guarantee you Augustine will speak to you at some level. That's why he's important for us today. So good, Josh. That's awesome. All right. Well, just a couple of last questions before we wrap up. I would love for you to share some of your favorite Augustine quotes, if you have any big quotes that he's well known for or some of your favorite ones. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, We mentioned the one where your hearts are restless till they find rest in you. That's probably his most Mm. prominent quote, as it should be. Here's a couple more on on just studying, because you and I are admitted nerds and geeks. (laughs) Augustine says this. He says, vision will be granted to him or her who lives well, prays well, and studies well. Yeah, beautiful. So I, I love that quote. Here, here is the quote he has on truth. The truth is like a lion. You don't have to defend it. Mm. Let it loose and it will defend itself. I love that. I love that quote. Uh, here's one on friendship he has. Augustine said, a friend is one with whom one may dare to share the counsels of one's heart. So I love that quote. This is my favorite quote of his. This is probably my favorite quote of all time, besides a G.K. Chesterton quote. Wow. Um, he 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 says this. Bracing uh, myself. <laughs> oh, I know. Well, he. Um, it better be good, Josh. I know. The, the stakes are high. The stakes are high. Um, he um, he. Before I delve in the quote, notice he yeah. touches on all five of the senses. Yeah. Um, and again, Augustine is a man that just fully lives, breathes, yearns, craves for God mm. to, to fulfill him. So here's the quote. You called and cried out loud. He's talking to God here. You called and cried out loud and you shattered my deafness. You were radiant and resplendent. You put to flight my blindness. Wow. You were fragrant and I drew in my breath and now pant after you. Mm. I tasted you and feel but hunger and thirst for you. You touched me. And I am set on fire to attain the peace, which is yours. I love that quote. That it's is so awesome. That oh, came through. That, just, that, that right great. there just says it all. Um, yeah. Those are some favorite quotes. Um, a couple of favorite anecdotes or stories uh, of Augustine. Yeah, some was, fun facts about his yeah, life. Yeah, <laughs> some fun facts, you know, some random facts about him. Um, he was pretty cranky. So, um, if you know, you, you, you view these men and women of God as like untouchable, just ultra pious and he's actually pretty uh, he was kind of a cantankerous kind of older man and so he complains a lot says things that make you kind of chuckle like he's human like us right um he's pretty hardcore about uh avoiding gossip so um he had a table uh, in his in his kind of um in his bishop rector area right and it, it, on the table was carved in this it says who injures the name of an absent friend may not at this table as guest attend and so he was hardcore about that. So if mm. someone was talking trash or in a gossipy or hearsay way of somebody else, Augustine was like, no, we're not doing that at the table. It's comradeship. It's, it's, mm. um, it's, it's peaceful. We're not going to slander somebody's name. And often if people would talk trash about somebody or, or mention them in a bad way, in a gossipy way, um, he would just get up and leave the table. Wow. So I love it about Augustine. That's cool. Um, there's a couple times where Augustine, um, really kind of speaks to me. So he, um, he was on his deathbed. He's super sick, right? And this yeah. guy comes to him and says, hey, you need to pray for me. You're, you're going to heal me. Augustine's like, hey, if I had enough energy to pray for you or enough faith to pray for you, I'd lay hands on myself because I'm, I'm sick and dying. And the man goes, hold up. I had a vision that if Augustine, the Bishop of Hippo, would pray for me, wow. I would be healed. Yeah. So Augustine's like, okay, I'll do it. Prays for him. The man gets healed. And so <laughs> even on his deathbed, he's ministering. Um, so cool. Yeah, another story is, a, a rich man uh, was influenced by Augustine's ministry and says, Hey, when I die, you're going to get my, my lands and my holdings, my mm-hmm. buildings, all this money and my, uh, my account. I'm going to give that to you in the church. Augustine's like, Hey, that's cool. Appreciate that. Okay. About several years later, that man's son comes to Augustine's. Hey, you know what? On second thought, my dad's kind of having second thoughts about that. Can't just give you like a hundred gold pieces instead. Augustine's like, Oh, Oh no, you didn't. Right. <laughs> He goes, you got to be kidding me. Tell your dad, quit being greedy, quit being (laughs) selfish. He made a promise and vow. 
And if that's how he's thinking, that's going to be hard to enter to heaven. And that's the kind of thoughts he yeah, has now. He's right? not even saved. <laughs> yeah. He's not even Christian. Right. So the <laughs> son goes back to dad, the dad comes back to Augustine and the dad's like, my bad. I'll, I'll still, <laughs> I'll still hold my promise. Augustine's like, yeah. Um, Augustine would also like, um, the chalice, right. And, um, and some of the, um, the, the holy ordinances, he would melt mm. those down. The crucifixes, he would melt those down if they were silver or precious metals. And he would give that money to the poor. Mm. So I love that about Augustine. Um, he just had such a great heart for, for anybody and everybody, the intellectuals, yes. the down and out, the poor. Uh, the last little story I want to uh, share about is it's so humbling. A man like him, you, you view him Layla as like this giant of the faith. Yeah. Never had any doubts or struggles. No, he commanded his, uh, his, his aides and his workers uh, when he was on his deathbed to put up the penitent Psalms around mm. his room and the penitent Psalms. Um, there's about seven or eight penitent Psalms. And he put those up on his room and he commanded everyone to leave his room and just come to him to give him food and, and water. Yeah. And the last 10 days of his life, he just looked at the penitent Psalms and, and his, his associates said, in the other room, they could hear him weeping and crying. And so here's wow. a man, at the end of his faith, this, this colossal figure in the Christian faith. Mm. And he's, he's, um, he's purifying his soul. He, yeah. He's come, he's repenting of all the things that he's probably already confessed and repented before, but he yeah. just want to make sure his heart and his soul were ready to meet his maker. And you're wow. thinking, what do you have to repent for? You're this, this unbelievable man mm. for the faith. And he has these penitent Psalms and he's just letting them impact his soul. So that's the kind of guy Augustine is. Um, if, if you're interested in Augustine, um, mm-hmm. not just you, Layla, but anybody else, there's two yeah. things I recommend. Obviously, the books I mentioned, but this book by Peter Brown called Augustine Ooh. of Hippo. This is a magisterial, phenomenal work. Mm-hmm. Guaranteed you read that, your heart will be lit aflame even more for Augustine. But you have wow. to get into Augustine. If you yeah. don't, your Christian faith is going to be a little a little lackadaisical without yeah. it. <laughs> if, if you don't, you meet Augustine in heaven, and when he's talking to you, and you're like, I wish I had these insights when I was down on earth. Well, guess what? Yeah. We don't have to wait till we get to heaven and have that conversation. It's true. We it's have true. his work, his writings, his philosophical discoveries here to influence us. So, so cool. I can't stress it enough. Augustine is someone you you owe it to yourself as a Christian to delve into this man's life. You really do. And you will not be you will not be um lesser for it. You'll be so proud and privileged to to take a peek behind mm. a curtain into this man's work mm. and his life. Yeah, it'll only enhance your relationship with God, hey, mm-hmm. and your understanding of Christianity and yeah, yeah, the Bible and everything like that. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, Josh, thank you so yes. much for being with us today. You have mm-hmm. definitely delivered the goods. Um, hey. You've lived up to your to your shirt and tie and um, hey. yeah, just <laughs> taught so well. Thank you so yeah. much for mm-hmm. providing such great insight on St. Yeah. Augustine and telling us why we need to know him. Um, you are amazing. Thank you so much for being with us. And for everyone who's watched us, um, thank you for joining us today. We'll see you next time on the Eagle and Child podcast. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning into the Eagle and Child podcast. That's all from us for today. If you want to support us, you can like, subscribe or drop us a review. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Eagle and Child podcast. We'll catch you next time. Much love.